0: Yeah You may ask who's this bro He's just your average Joe Sales and coffee. If you give him your time, you'll see there's more to life with sports, sales, and coffee. So go tell your friends to listen to this trend on sports, sales, and coffee.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Boys and girls, what is going on? My name is Justin. This is Sports, Sales, and Coffee, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy day and allowing me to enter your ear holes and tickle that beautiful brain of yours with a little bit of information, a little bit of knowledge, and even some motivation that will hopefully help you reach and exceed your sales goals so you can absolutely dominate. If you enjoy what you're listening to, and I really hope you do when you are, it would mean the world to me if you could like, subscribe, and comment to wherever you listen to the podcast, if you could continue to tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast, and then I want to be friends with you. So follow me on social media. I'll follow you back at Sports Sales Coffee on Instagram, Facebook, and on TikTok at SSC underscore podcast on Twitter. Sports Sales and Coffee on LinkedIn. Slide into my DMs. Let me know your thoughts, your feelings. If you have any questions or hit me up on on the old school email, Coffee at gmail.com. It's all in the bio. And we'll just kind of go from there. We can chop it up. And first of all, let me apologize. It has taken me way too long to cut this audio out and get this out to you folks. This is the audio from SSC Live. I sat down with the powerful, the mighty, Eli Madden, it was a great conversation, I had a lot of fun, and and, uh, we learned a lot of stuff, I think he has a a wealth of knowledge, and I was very, very excited that I could tap into that, so without further ado, it's a long conversation, but it is a good conversation, so without further ado, here it is, SSC Live, episode, what is this, 128, I think, I might have made that mistake, I'm not really sure, because I'm not in front of my computer, but without further ado, Eli
0: Madden, let's go!
1: What's up, my man?
0: What's up, my man? How are you, Mr. Yo. Tim, the Tool, <laughs> tool Man Taylor?
1: I'm just excited I got the point. I usually never get the point when, when it happens. So yeah, worked out fine. What's going on, bud?
0: Oh, not, not a whole lot, actually. I just came over from a, from a happy hour with one of my staff members. Uh, tomorrow's her last day, and so I thought we'd do a virtual happy hour and talk about some uh, crazy, some fun stories.
1: Yeah, go back on some stories. So I'm happy I, I was able to steal you away from that. Hopefully, it wasn't anything too pressing. To, you know, last day and memories and drinks are flowing and everything.
0: Uh, for them, not me. So <laughs> we're, we're good, man. So I heard you. Uh, I heard you talking. Good news about Portland Sea Dogs. The schedule coming out.
1: And yeah, you
0: have in uh, your in your um, re- repainting your kitchen. What color? Yeah.
1: Uh it's like gray but I did everything last night I, I ripped out all the cabinets. So I don't have a sink. I got one of those hybrid like toilet sinks now. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just my bathroom. It's it's uh yeah, so that's what I have now. It it's awesome. So um nice. limited meals, a lot of takeout for the next like week and a half, 2 weeks or like cereal.
0: Maybe sure, eggs,
1: man. but uh, nothing that's going to really dirty a plate or else uh I'm not really going to have like a spot to wash it.
0: No, frozen pizza, toast, cereal. You're good. We're good. We just
1: live off that. you yeah. would be like I'm back in college.
0: <laughs> oh man, good old days. I <laughs> speaking of college, I actually used to be a painter back in college. Really? Yeah. Um,
1: exterior, interior,
0: or a little bit of both. Exterior. It was a summer job up in uh, Minnesota, and you know, yeah. humidity, painting houses, and that was before like OSHA got like you know. OSHA and, yep. and you had to like be super strict so I remember climbing up like two three story on the side of a ladder like a 40 foot ladder I'd be on the top rung holding on to the top of the roof and like leaning over trying to paint something <laughs> and I was like oh man I hope I don't fall I, hope I don't don't fall.
1: yeah yeah back then in college you feel invincible you're like nothing's gonna hurt me I'm good now how yeah. many window how many windows did you paint shop though I mean I've, I've been a ton Exterior college kids just slapping on paint.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, I just put it on there all the time. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's funny because if you forget to go around and, like, edge it, like uh, take, yeah. like, a like a five-in-one utensil and go yeah. under the window so that it doesn't get painted stuck. Totally did that to a client, and uh, he was in Michigan, so he came back and he tried <laughs> to open up all of his windows, and they are all painted shut. So it's it was, shut. like, super embarrassing story. but Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: no, I, I had that. I tried to get into that. Uh, my buddy did. and just it, it didn't work out. But yeah. But hey, I, I feel like this is gonna be a great conversation because we're already rolling and we're already like off topic, which. Yeah, man. Hey, man, that's what the podcast is. So I appreciate it.
0: For sure. For sure.
1: So so let's just jump in. I know some people people are here. First question I always ask is, who is Eli Madden?
0: Oh man, I'm an open book, but in a, in a couple um, in a couple words, I'll give you a brief geography history. Yeah. Um, maybe not geography, but where I was born and all that good stuff. Um, I was born in Iowa, and uh, shortly after Iowa, my family moved to Wisconsin, and they grew up in Wisconsin, maybe about 20 minutes away from Madison, um, okay. down in like the southeast part of the state, in a town called uh, Beaver Dam, Wisconsin, yep. uh, home of the uh, Golden Beavers. Uh, go BD. go Beavers. Yes, and then um and then after that I moved up to Minnesota, and uh, that's where I went to university, and uh, it was a great time. I loved Minneapolis, loved the Twin Cities area, and then after that I moved out to um, out here to Colorado. Um, but if I had to, if I had to, you know, kind of give some more adjectives, if you will, it would be yeah, uh, traveler, a uh, learner, a reader. Um, an adventurer, you know. Right now, um, in COVID here, we're lucky to live out here in Colorado. Uh, my girlfriend and I, and uh, my puppy Wheezy, uh, yep. we'll go, we'll go out and adventure around Colorado and do some exploring. And um, I like pushing myself. I, um, I'm a retire. I, I like to call myself a re- a retired amateur ultra marathoner. Okay. Um, tr- and now, now I do triathlons, and and I'm trying, I'm attempting. Without access to a pool right now to train for a half Ironman, so that's been uh, been quite a challenge. And yeah. I tweaked my knee a couple of weeks ago, so I haven't been able to run for about three weeks.
1: And, uh, so when is this half the, the half Ironman happening?
0: I, I don't know yet. I got time okay. right. to sign up for it. <laughs> oh, okay. I, um, I thought you I had, had one a buddy. On, the, on the
1: date, like you had one. You're signing. Up, you're working for. I'm like, yeah, man. You got to swim. You got to figure out something to do. You
0: yeah. Can't. No kidding. I, I have a buddy who's doing one in uh, Palm Springs. In, okay. Uh, in September. So I know they're doing like limited opening um, registrations. Yep. I figure I need to get my, my, not my, uh, get my butt in gear. Yeah, uh, you can say, ask, man. We're, good. we're good. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I had to stop myself <laughs> trying to be PG here. I don't no. know who's on, but just no. having fun.
1: <laughs> don't worry about it. Exactly, man. I'm not really PG. You, you know, you let me swear. Maybe my mom might call me. She might call you and, and tell you to to watch that, but that's fine. She's nice. She's yeah. a nice woman.
0: I, that's great can't wait to talk to her <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome so so you've been well traveled let me ask because you went to M- minnesota uh yep. how was the football team when you were there w- what year what year were you oh, you graduate there and
0: so well- i was i was um, one of those i was one of those guys from wisconsin that went to minnesota yeah and i cheered for like the first year maybe year and a half in minnesota i was Cheering for Wisconsin, and I went to <laughs> University of Minnesota. I was that guy, and then and then finally, like my buddies and whatnot were like, dude, you go to school here, like you live here, like why, you sh- you picked University of Minnesota over Wisconsin, and I'm like, yeah, you're you're right. You're right. So I just switched <laughs> allegiances. My dad pretty much wanted to uh, disown me because I uh, we grew up going to Badger games. Yeah. Um, it, but it's been fun, and our head coach at the time was. Um, uh, Glenn Mason. Okay. Um, you know, it was just straight up. You know, hand hand the ball off to the guy on the right, hand the ball off to the left. <laughs> Luckily, we had um, Lawrence Maroney and Marion Barber the third. Oh, that
1: was gonna so, ask that. that was a a great one-two punch. I'm a Pats fan. Uh yeah. Maroney was not what he was in college. No. And I always thought he was, but yeah. I always wanted him to be, but didn't.
0: Yeah. And so then um, it has been funny. So then ever since. Been a bad, uh, not a Badger, uh, a Gopher, Minnesota <laughs> Gopher fan. I love PJ Flack. I love you know <laughs> row the boat, this mantra. Um, oh yeah. And, and my dad and I, we uh, we actually have a trophy now, and uh, so sort of hey, travel back and forth. And I, unfortunately, since I've become a Gopher fan, I've only had uh, the trophy in my favor one time.
1: One one time.
0: Dude, yeah, it's been it's been tough. It's been tough. Yeah, but uh,
1: hopefully you are get it back soon, and then maybe you might, you know, switch directions, and you'll you have it more than your dad,
0: hopefully. Yeah, man. Thanksgiving but, weekend, 2021 in November. Wisconsin is going to lose at Minnesota. We're going to get – I'm going to get – we're <laughs> going to get the Axe back, and then I'm going to get the Madden trophy <laughs> back, and we're going to hold it for like 10 straight years.
1: That's right. You heard it here first. Breaking news. <laughs>
0: exactly. Breaking news. Calling my shot.
1: That's right, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. So your allegiance, your allegiance did move to the Gophers away from wisconsin but hey you, you paid them a lot of money you went there it yep. makes sense you had to make that decision
0: I agree. Yeah. Oh, I agree
1: absolutely so when you were in minnesota i did some linkedin stalking you you know your first job was in inside sales you know when you graduated you got a job for the colorado rapids when you moved out there what made you think or, or why did you want to try to get into sales what was that was there a lure there did you always know you wanted to go into sales well, what was it about sales that kind of made you apply and, and get the job?
0: Yeah, man. How much time do I got? it's <laughs> uh, 50 minutes. All uh, right, good. So <laughs> I'll, I'll do a, a brief synopsis here. So actually it actually goes all the way back to high school. I wanted to, um, I wanted to be in sports. I had no idea. I didn't know yep. what I could do in sports whatsoever. Um, but I just knew I had to go to a, a school that had major league sports. Professional sports teams of some nature. Got it. As much as I wanted to go to Wisconsin, they only had the Wisconsin Badgers, and that was it. I went to Milwaukee for a year, didn't really work out. Went up to Minnesota, and I was in a class, and a guest speaker came in. I loved him. His name is Kent Lungstrom. I love that guy. Still to this day, um, he and I touch base every once in a great while. And um, he gave me my first crack in the sports industry with an internship, and then converted okay. to a full-time job. And then 2008, man, I'm I'm dating myself, but 2008 here, 2008, man, everything hit the fan, um, you know, the recession, house, housing, yep. bubble bursting and all that good stuff. Um, but in between that internship and that happening, I actually had a job working um, as a, con- like a freelance contractor with um, a okay. uh, due tour. And during that time I had, had an opportunity to have a conversation with the, uh, uh, I think at the time, the president of the Do Tour. And we were talking, of like, hey, he's like, what do you want to do? And I was hmm, kind of ballsy. I was young. I was like, hey, I want your job someday. <laughs> you know, like, I think that'd be great. I, I want to do this. Yeah. And um, he was like, well, what kind of sales experience do you have? And I was like, well, I mean, not a whole lot. I mean, I, tra- I tried painting, tried running my own franchise, didn't do so hot doing that. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I have. And so, anyway, 2008 crashed. Um, I got laid off. I moved to Denver, and and all that good stuff. And then and that's how I got into the uh, inside sales department with Conky gotcha. uh, Sports and Entertainment. I saw my buddy uh, Chad uh, j- jump on here and join part of this. He was part of my inside sales class as well, uh, really? way back in the day. Yeah, that's it, it awesome. was so much. Yeah, it was so much fun. Um, and so we, I had no idea I wanted to be in sales. I remember sitting in the first training, like, oh my gosh, what what the hell did I get myself into? Yeah. Um, because I never did sales before, but then I like thought back to that conversation in Salt Lake City with um, with the do tour. He's like, "If you want to succeed, you got to get sales." And I'm like, "All right, I'm doing Smart this. Smart man. I'm doing this. I don't yes. know what I'm doing, but I'm doing this. I'm gonna call people. I'm gonna ask them to buy stuff. I'm doing it, you know. And and I'll figure and, it out. Yeah. And we had a we had a great crew of people um, in that in that inside sales room. We called it the closet. It was essentially a mailroom closet converted to a call center for like 10 people like myself <laughs> not knowing what the hell we're doing but we're making phone calls um but i tell you what man we had a lot of fun and we discovered a, i learned a lot about myself during that time and, yep. and have some friends joining there too so anyway that's the backstory what what about sales do i like i dude i i love i'm competitive i enjoy talking to people um and mm-hmm. ab- above all else like Sales to me allowed me to compete. Like I knew I would yep. never going to be a professional athlete. Like, yep, dude, look at me. I'm well, you can't. I'm sitting down, but yep. <laughs> I'm five ten. I weigh 180 pounds. <laughs> I, I, there's no way I'm going to be an NFL quarterback or, or a starting yep. pitcher or anything.
1: I feel the same. I feel the same. I I still hold, hold hope that maybe I can make the senior tour when I hit 50. But yeah you got to shoot like around par or under and i'm way way beyond that so but yeah maybe a little bit of hope yeah well good
0: luck good luck to you man but (laughs) i i suck at golf so that's out of the picture for me but um but sales allowed me to be competitive and allowed me to be a pro like a professional in uh, in in that world and and it was a lot of fun And, and above all above everything else like um, I fell in love with the business side of the sports industry during that time. And I didn't really know a whole lot. I was just curious. And like, I love that side of the business more now versus what happens on the field sometimes. Mm-hmm. Unless the Minnesota go for hockey, basketball, yep. or football game <laughs> outside of that. Like, I'm like, okay, what's happening in the stadium? What's going on? And, and sales to me and that opportunity allowed me to do that. That's awesome.
1: That's awesome. So you stayed there. You want to make that, that your career and, And and like Lincoln said, you were making a ton of calls in the closet, what you called it, for those first two years when you were with the Rapids. You were just dialing, dialing, dialing. The one question I always kind of get asked is like prospecting. How were you prospecting? What were you selling? Were you mainly focused on season tickets and and groups and and all that?
0: Yeah, so at that time, um, it was the inside sales, it was for the uh, Colorado Avalanche and uh, the Denver Nuggets at the time. Oh, okay. Um, so our, our leads in inside sales, uh, we were lucky enough to like have leads given to us. So, so essentially, they were anyone who bought a single game ticket online, and they entered their information in and all that stuff. We would get that, and then we would go through and call them. Now, when we started, uh, the Nuggets were really good. The Avalanche, not so much, right? And, and so we, the, the further the Nuggets advanced in the playoffs. The more single game leads we, we we were able to get, but there were some times, man, you were calling people from like that didn't attend a game in two to three years and, and trying to have a conversation <laughs> with them, and it felt like you Just, kept hitting the brick wall after brick wall after brick wall. And um, but that's where we um, got our leads. And then I moved to the Rapids, and it was a lot of single game buyer stuff. Yeah. And then I jumped to the ABS, and that that right there, when you talk about. Um, Prospecting, that's what really opened my eyes because when I jumped into an account executive role with the Avalanche, I did not get leads. I sat, I was like, my first day or two, I was like, I went up to my boss and I'm like, hey, like, when do I get leads? And he looked at me like, you don't get leads, man. Not not in this job. (laughs) You got to find your leads. You got to go hunt for your leads. I was like, okay. 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 All right. Well, here we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, I looked up, I used LinkedIn a lot at that time. It was early-stage LinkedIn. Yep. Um, I, and then from there, I just went after comp, like industries that I was familiar with. So my yep. dad and my mom back home both work, well, my dad um, worked for a company called Central, instead a factory, um, some manufacturing and stuff. And so that's where I started because I felt like I could, you know, speak their lingo and, and have yep. some comfort there. So that's how I started.
1: Absolutely. And that's, that's huge, true of using your, your personal knowledge about those companies, what kind of mattered to your dad. So it's not outlandish to think what matters to your dad and your mom, like matters to other people. So you can kind of push on that pain. You can give them answers and kind of give them what they're going. So that, that's huge. And, and yeah, I remember starting out of two of, you know, wait, do I get leads? N- no, yeah, nope. You, I got my computer, got my phone, like, where's the numbers I call? Like, no, no, no yeah. you find those. Like, okay, great. Yeah,
0: you're no kidding, right?
1: Okay, so you cool. were... <laughs> so, and you were with the abs um, in 2013 when they had that shortened season, the lockout yeah. season. How yeah. was that? Um, how was that working on the business side of it still kind of being up in the air of was there going to be a lockout? What was going to happen? How was that just working in the front office?
0: Um... So it was challenging, uh, yeah. you know, not going to lie, but um, it, not not only the shortened season, but like when I would, when I worked for the abs and, or even in the inside sales, like um, I think I joined the year immediately following Joe Sackett retiring and the Av pretty much going into a rebuild. And oh, so, fun. Yeah. It, you know, so we, we drafted, you know, guys like Matt Duchesne and Ryan O'Reilly and, and we are trying to sell people on, like, hey, this isn't – we get it. It's not Stachik and Forsberg and, and all this stuff. But instead we got Matthew Shane, Ryan O'Reilly, and this younger group of guys that's going to help us move forward. And um, it took a while. And, and then, you know, when I was in the county executive uh, with the Avs, we had the first overall pick, the second overall pick, and the third overall pick. So if you know sports, if you are top of <laughs> the draft board – you are not doing that well on the ice. No, no,
1: no. You, yeah, you, don't, you don't want those picks. Those yeah. are given to you because you need to get better.
0: Yeah, exactly. It, but it worked out because one of those picks ended up being Nathan McKinnon, who had been doing great for the last seven-plus yeah. years. And then, and then, by the way, we had all those top draft picks. And then, like you said, throw in, throw in a lockout, throw in, in the shortened season. And, and you're like, oh, my gosh. What's going on? Yeah. But the cool thing about working for Kroenke Sports and Entertainment is we have four properties here in Denver. Okay. And so we were able to, once, we, once the lockout became official, we were able to basically redirect and start to oh, sell nice. other properties. So we had some of our teammates went and focused on the Rapids, our Major League Soccer team. Yep. We had some of, some of my teammates focus on the Colorado Mammoth, the uh, National Lacrosse League team. And then we had people like myself who were um, sent over to sell for the Denver Nuggets. Um, and, and the funny thing about that is essentially I had to start over all over again because a lot of my group clients also did Nugget stuff, and they already had those people um, on that side. And so I started from zero. I was like, hey, man, I, I got I to gotta put food on the table. I got to pay my rent. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not that well established to the point where I can like almost just coast through. Dude and I busted my ass and make phone calls and um it's, I, I I scrapped and clawed for everything I could possibly get on the uh, to sell for a, a nugget season tickets or even nuggets groups or anything like that. Just so I could um A, just, you know, pay rent, pay the bill. But secondly, like yeah. I didn't want I didn't want that that time or that experience to be a negative. Yeah. It's just more like an opportunity to like, okay, Hey, this happened. Here's, you know, I've been redirected to do this. Here's what I control and I'm going to go work my ass off. And I I was fortunate to be in a position to be redirected to the nuggets and stuff like that. And some other teams in the NHL had to lay off their staff because of the lockout. And we didn't have to do that at Cronkysports. Sports. Even back in, uh, I think it was 2012, 2013. So uh, that's a really good spot to be in.
1: Yeah, that's huge. Especially where they had that, the mind of, we got a lot of talented people. This lockout is, is eventually going to end. Let's pivot you into something else. And still keep you fresh. And still make you, you know, yeah, you had to start from scratch. But it's better than doing nothing. Yeah. You know, starting like, back up. So that's great.
0: Well, I mean, what position would you rather be in? Uh, you know, it's like, hey – was- you gotta yeah. You gotta lay off yeah. twenty people and then hire twenty people back and train them, or do yeah. you want to be ready to go once the lockout is over with? And like, you bet your ass, I was in the office today. It was it was announced that it was the lockout was over. I was back at my desk answering calls, <laughs> calling people. It was I think it was like a Saturday or, or a Sunday. I'm not entirely sure, but like, I was calling people.
1: You're excited. You're, now, what was the? Ter- do you remember what the the gap was when it was announced that they're coming back? Did they have like a preseason? Did you have some time to to build some up, or was it like three weeks you're on the ice? I
0: I, I don't really remember, but I think okay, yeah. it was, it, it's not like a normal off season, right? Yeah, you you pretty much got like like a week of training camp, and then you were playing. <laughs> like, yeah, so like the lockout was um, over with in January, pretty much. It started in July. It was over yeah. with in Jan- in uh, January, and um, so yeah, and then you got into it right away, and, and they still finished in June, like, yeah, late May, early June, like they normally do. Yeah,
1: so yeah, it was a short, I, I do remember, remember that vaguely, when, that, when they went through that, it, it's great that you were to pivot, and get back through, and, and everything, so no, that's awesome, now, do you feel like that experience has helped you out a little bit with what's going on now, with COVID, with stuff being out of your control, and moving around, do you think, think you, you learned something from that, that you kind of brought, brought with you?
0: So it was, it's funny the timing of that question um and i say that because so in, in with my group right now we do yeah. a podcast series and today um miracle who's on my team her name is miracle uh she, she did a podcast with uh brene brown essentially okay. we not with her but shared her episode and the episode was all about fft first freaking time and <laughs> And, and so it just talks about like all these FFTs that we're experiencing right now. And, and like, yeah. I want to be like, yeah, like those lockouts prepared me and it helped me. And yeah. and not only the lockouts on the sales side in 2018, the national lacrosse league had a lockout. And so that was my yeah. first lockout on the leadership side too. So I was yeah. able to experience it from both um, on the sales and of leadership side. And so with the pandemic it was the first time for everything it was the first time for yeah. everyone yeah and so with the lockout yes I felt like that helped me out but also like we had a like here at Kroenke like my mentor Sean Reed and all of our other ticketing department heads were fantastic and, and we worked together created a game plan like um so Emily McGuire on the Nuggets and Jody Bonus on uh, the Avalanche and Sean, Sean Sullivan with the Rapids, like we were able to work together to develop a game plan on how to move forward and attack this. and it was changing like the conversations were changing every day because yeah. of the different scenarios and all this other stuff and um it, and I want to say yes, it prepared me, and yes i want to I want to come and say, yeah, we had the perfect game plan, but in yeah. reality it was the first time. And so all of us went through this together and it was, dude, it was a hell of a, an experience it, and it still is. Um, and I'm not sure if you, if, if you know, but two weeks ago, the NLL actually, we canceled our 2021 season that was set to kick oh, off in April.
1: No, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. So that's another first time. And that's like, okay, so how do we accomplish it? How do we move yeah. forward? And so again, working with, um, the rapids, the nuggets and the avalanche. It's like, Hey, what were the best practices? What did you guys find? All right, great. Here's what we're going to implement. And that definitely helped us out to move forward. Now we're focusing on November, 2021, man, we're coming to it. We're coming to the field. (laughs) Fox lacrosse. We'll be ready. I can't wait. Let's
1: go. Something new. That's awesome. Just roll with the punches and and figure it out as you go along. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just, and, and leadership plays such a huge role, too. When you have great leaders and a great management staff that's that's kind of pushed down, It that's what you want to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to give a shout-out to – they're not all on here, but I do want to give a shout-out to the team uh, that we have representing the Mammoth right now. And we, we could not have done it without them, uh, you know, making the phone calls to season ticket members, helping them through all their questions, um, making yeah. sure our season ticket members are taken care of walking through their options and, and, all that good stuff. So like um, that's been fantastic. And one thing that I always, I always talk about is like control what you can, can what yep. you can control. And I don't control the pandemic. I don't control yep. the cancellation of the season, but Hey, how do we get that information pivot and then focus on the things that we do control? And, and that's how we want to move forward.
1: Absolutely. That's, I think, is, is huge advice. That's why I had to tell myself, too, a lot. When you're getting stressed out, if things don't fall your way, especially when things are out of your control, especially with the pandemic. I mean, early in this pandemic, I think it was kind of a joke where you get the, the three, oh, hey, I'm working for a home for three weeks. I'm going to watch Tiger King. This is going to be hilarious. Like, it's going to be great. Tiger King. And then, a, yeah, doesn't that feel like a, like forever ago that Tiger King was a thing?
0: Like, Dude, I forgot about Tiger King. Yeah,
1: but it got us through the early pandemic. Like, yeah thank you, Joe Exotic. You're a terrible person. You murdered that person. But you got us <laughs> through, man. I appreciate it. And it was like, it's so different um, that if you're trying to control everything, you're getting upset with things that you can't control, you're just going to be so stressed out. It's gonna, It's not going to end well for you. It's kind of yeah. letting it roll, worrying about what we control, and then pivot to what you can control. And that's yeah. what I thought. That's what I really found out about my sponsors or, or my, my, you know, prospects or partners of Trust in me. I'm going to be able to take care of you to my best of my my ability. And trust me, like Justin's going to work with you. Yep. We're going to make this the best out of the worst situation we have.
0: And yep. then you just
1: kind of you just kind of go from there.
0: Yep. And hey, we're all working with the same information here. Let me be the expert in my world to help yep. guide you through the process. You know. Yep. Um, so that's fantastic uh, to hear. Even uh, you know you guys doing that stuff out in Portland too. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. It's been it's been great. But to jump back on back to my LinkedIn stocking that I did, there was one bullet point that you put in that I just thought and I I really wanted to to ask was it it was you. You said that you you coach clients on the best ways to utilize Avalanche tickets to see the best ROI. That was the one of my things that I can kind of show ROI when it maybe comes to sponsorship and marketing. But how are you able to get your clients to see that ROI on, on the ticket side. Cause I think that's huge. And that's a huge selling point. Um, that would be great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. First off, you would not be in sales if you did not do any LinkedIn stalking. So that's mm. cool by me. Yeah, Keep it up. Keep doing it. <laughs> Everyone else that gets to listen to the podcast that's in sales, do your LinkedIn stalking. So keep it up. Oh yeah. Um, so when it comes to, to that stuff, like, Working with clients on the B, to, mostly on the business-to-business business side, right? Yeah. And it's it's working with them to figure out, hey, w- what are your needs? How do we um, how do we help you achieve the goal that you want to get? So that's going to be um, you know, focusing on new clients, like prospecting for new clients. That's going to be retaining current clients. That's going to be employees or even on the uh, community side, right? Yep. And so, what I would do with with um, and sorry, I'm pretending I have a, a hey, piece of paper here in good. front of me. To, yeah. like. I'm a hand talker, too. so. <laughs> um, and so what we would do is get the schedule. And once we got the schedule, we'd sit down and break break out ABC games and say, okay, yeah. A games are going to be, the like, for the Avalanche, Detroit Red Wings, Chicago Blackhawks, et cetera, et cetera. Even if yeah. those games are on a Tuesday night, I know, like, yeah. your sales guys are going to want access to those tickets to bring out their top prospects or – your top, you know, client, et Yeah. And and then you also have you know um, your B games and then your C games, and then we would just go through and say, okay, so who who are your top prospects? Like you have forty four games for uh, for and home games for the NHL, and how many do you want? How many tickets do you want to devote to your sales team? How many tickets do you want to devote to your your service team? How many tickets do you want so- to devote to your employees? And then how many tickets do you want to, you, know, you know, like donate to uh, any community or even employee initiative that you guys have? And so what we would do is w- what I did, and was, I would sit and I would work with them and say, okay, so let's create a game plan. And because yeah. the worst thing in the world that can happen is at the end of the year, you look in your and you, at that time paper tickets. So you look in your desk drawer as you know the person that's in charge of the tickets, and and they have of, uh, you know, half the season in their desk drawer and they didn't use any of them. Or even the next worst thing is, is, you know, uh, three, four PM on a Tuesday night, you, you realize that like you have tickets for a game, you don't have anybody allocated to them. And all of a sudden you're yeah. like sending out a, a company email saying, Hey, I have the tickets first come first serve. Yeah. That is that's, not a good way to use the ticket.
1: Yeah. And that's a bad look. And that's a good, that's a nightmare when they yeah. open that drawer and it's it, and it's full that's bad
0: yeah it, it makes and it makes it like like once you make the sale that is like where you have to like turn it on because that's where you have to continue to earn their trust and you earn their trust to make the purchase now you have to earn their trust to stick with you and, yeah. and that's the hard part and and so for that i, I think if if you can work with them and you set up a game plan and you develop a strategy, control what you can control. Yeah. Know things are going to come up, but if they can look back and say, "Hey, we we sent we had half like twelve games to our sales team and they brought these prospects out and they sold X Y Z on this. Great. Here's what we sold from that. Yeah. And we we retained X Y Z client. They may have stuck with them or they may not have. Whatever. But these people all stayed with us. Great. Employees and morale went up. And then, you know, companies and we always get hit up for donations for tickets. And so, like, hey, here's the uh, community initiative that we uh, gave back to. And so, if you look back on a, a grand scale thing, get that ROI and say, okay, well, we, we you know, we invested $25,000, but we, yeah. made, we made back – you know, a hundred thousand on sales, and we we retained X amount in uh, retention. So yeah.
1: See, I think that's that's a great. I never thought about looking at it that way. And my pitch was always kind of a little different. But I like, I love how you broke that out and you carve. You know, you put them in a categories, which I thought is great. Of these are the the best games. And in the minor league world, it's the teams don't matter, but it's the firework shows, it's the bobbleheads, it's it's the the great theme nights. And then you break it down to the. I, I'm talking about the community. You always get hit up. Someone's little league is doing a fundraiser, your church, you, you get the nonprofit. These are the tickets you give out. It's the Tuesday nights where your employees might not want to go, but it feels good giving them out. Yeah. And then you, I, so I, I do love how you put those in categories. And then you came with a, with a game plan. You had yep. that broken down and then you asked them too. how many do you want to give to your sales staff? So then how my sales brain was working. If they, if they tell you, if those if those numbers don't add up, you say, well, you need more seats then. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Your numbers aren't adding up. You actually yeah. need eight tickets, not four tickets. So you need yeah. six because this is what goes. And then then you're upselling right there. But just asking simple questions and and coming with a plan and, and yeah, that's
0: awesome. And, and that's what and and that's when it comes down to sales, like the consultant approach and and taking that approach of like, okay, so. My job here is to help you get to yeah. where you want to go uh, versus versus just selling something and say, okay, see you later. Figure it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. You want I'm a big believer in two-way streets of, of it works for both parties. And, and I'd rather sell someone for a little bit less money for a longer term deal than have it be like a one hit and quit. Don't want that. Yep. That's always bad. And then it's, you always want to build it up and go from there. So that's huge. So that's, it, you were doing that
0: on the same page
1: uh, always, man. Always. So you were doing that kind of by yourself inside sales. And then you moved up to a, a leadership position kind of where you are now. How was that transition from going from looking at only your goal to now looking at a much bigger goal where you're hands-on, but you're not super hands-on, you, you know, you're relying on your sales staff to to do more sales and you're just kind of looking over. How was that transition for you?
0: Yep. Are we, are we talking about the transition to inside sales manager for the rapids or uh, my current role right now with the I, uh, the Mammoth. Uh,
1: current, role, current role right now.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so we, we have a smaller team. And, um, and for lack of a better term, it, it could be essentially be like, hey, we're my position is inside sales on steroids, right? Yeah. And, and so, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Like you have to look, overlook every, every potential revenue stream. So you have season ticket sales, season ticket yeah. service. Group tickets, partial single game ticket sales, and it's really cool to get that experience. Um, But in my role, I I still am you know hands on in training and still am you know helping them with phone calls, listening to phone calls, giving coaching tips when and where I can, Um, because it's 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 up to me to make sure that the faster my guy my team is comfortable, the faster Mm -hmm. my team is is on board and bought into what we're doing, the faster my team is able to nail down our sales process, the more, the better off we are going to be to um, succeed, to hit our goal. Um, And then, and then lately, I would say within the last year, year or so, year and a half, my timeline might be a little messed up. It it all, Um,
1: it all all fuzzes together. Yeah, Yeah.
0: absolutely. But I, I would also go back to, again, you know, Cronky Sports, KSC is, we have four properties here in Denver under one under one umbrella and we have three different inside sales programs we have the rapids we have the nuggets and we have the avalanche inside sales programs along with that we have you know their inside sales managers but we also have um other great directors and managers that have training yep. experience and so what i also like to do is then look at okay what are my training topics how do i then allow my team to get to know other people in yeah, and at the same time get a different training avenue or a different perspective from someone within Cronky Sports that um, is, is um, a director of sales for the Nuggets, but they can come in and do a, a training on, um, on cold calling yeah. or a training on prospecting. And it gives it's a two-way avenue because now that, that director or manager has an opportunity to interact with my team, and then my team has an opportunity to interact with that person as well, and, and network and start to form a relationship with that person. And so, when it comes to overseeing everything, it, it's not necessarily delegation, but more of like, okay, like where can I best utilize uh, the strength of our company? Yeah. And and so like, how do I create a game plan for training? How do I utilize our our um, you know for our game entertainment and our business operations and our marketing team for uh generating leads for single game ticket sales and how do we how do i go to um if i you know like the nuggets and abs and rapids are doing a really cool um uh renewal or or a point campaign with their season ticket members how did it go how did it work how can i implement here and it's And just always having those conversations and developing those relationships with the VPs on the other teams and directors and managers, as well as even the, you know, even the team members to start to build out a game plan so that um, we can make sure that we're in a position to hit our, hit our goal all over the place and set our team up for, you know, career growth of where they want to go.
1: Absolutely. And that's huge of of exchanging ideas and having that with KSE of having, other ideas or other people that can come in, share ideas, talk, learn, and you just have a, 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 a huge amount of wealth, you know, knowledge in the under kind of one umbrella that you can have access to, which is huge in learning. Now I know. You touched, yeah. Yeah. You touched on one thing w- was with training. I know when we kind of talked before you're, you know, you got your team down like a well-oiled machine and, and one of your training techniques is that the EMR, the, the educate model reinforce. Break yep. that down for me just a little, a little bit more, if
0: you could. Yep, absolutely. So the uh, EMR model um, essentially stems from uh, my time with the called RAPIDS, their inside sales manager, and that was um, the process that I was taught by um, my my boss at the time, Sean yep. Green, Uh Do you consider you know, and and he really helped me understand. Hey, this is a, a good process to have. So. We have educate, we have model, and we have re- reinforce. So to give you an example, like if we were to do a training on making a recommendation. Yep. And so I try to hit three different areas where where people can learn from. So educate. So this part is going to be like an educational piece um, for people who are visual and uh, like to take notes and, and write things down. Most likely this is, would be like a PowerPoint presentation just to – you know, put it up in front of people yep. and then we'll do a model exercise. And so this could be something as simple as, um, simply, you know, showing people or role playing a best practice on a recommendation using our key phrase, uh, based on what you told me, I recommend. Gotcha. And then yeah. we move into reinforcement. So, uh, this is where, you know, we tend to work in like real life, um, Situations that is yep. relatable uh, to the, I guess, to our to our everyday life. And again, our training subject here is making recommendations. So the reinforcement piece would then come into, um, for like making a recommendation is like, okay, we're going to do an activity where you are going to recommend a movie or a TV TV show to your friends or to your family. So what what I'll do is ahead of time, I'll like the week of that training, I'll have the team think of three or four of their favorite movies. They have to then boil it down to three words or three adjectives or even use um, uh, an actor or an actress and they have to send it to me ahead of time uh, to myself directly. And then what I do is I take all of those, I put them into a spreadsheet yeah. and then for the reinforcement piece here, they pick a number one through 20. And then what what I do is when they pick that number, I'll say, all right, I'm looking for a movie that is um, a thriller, suspenseful, and featured Denzel Washington. And yep. then that person, again, we're trying to get them to, um, to say, hey, based on what you told me, I recommend, would then come in and say, hey, Justin, based on what you told me, I recommend the movie X, y, vu. Z. Deja oh, Vu. Oh, man, I love that movie. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So, like, based on what you told me, I recommend the movie uh, De- *Deja Vu*, featuring uh, Denzel Washington. And you said that you uh, love action and thrillers, and like a psychology, like like a psychology type yeah. movie. Like this is the movie that you cannot miss. It's like if you were to go see it in theater, you're gonna pay for a full seat, but you're only gonna sit on the on the top <laughs> quarter of it. I apologize for paying for the full seat, but you are gonna absolutely love that movie. You have to go <clears> see it. Like make a recommendation that you would make to your friends and family. And, and then from there, we start to incorporate our products. So then it helps connect the dots a little bit too.
1: Absolutely. That's huge. And and that's, I think is super important when you can, and just teach someone to take the information of what they're getting. I think a, a huge thing I always preach is when you ask questions and they give you answers, don't just sit there and wait for your, it's your turn to talk. It's listen to what they're saying. Like you said, like thriller, uh, Denzel Washington those are bullets that you can put in the gun to give you more shots that's you know mm-hmm. more money you put into the bank before you make it you know before you do the, your withdrawal that's the huge part and then it makes it real to them it makes it storytelling it's in their shoes they can physically you know feel themselves that I can be in these seats I can be a digger holder I can do this with my group I can do xyz which is going to build your case to close even more
0: yeah it's huge absolutely and and I know you didn't ask me this, but one of the the top skills for salespeople or service whatever whatever position you know yeah. sponsorship sale, ticket sales, suite sales is listening yeah. listening to what the person is telling you and focusing and like listen and focused on that person. take notes, all that good stuff but when you listen, they will tell you how they want to buy your product they won't they won't tell you how you how they want you to sell That's them. Fun. They will tell you how they want to buy your product. People love to buy. They hate being sold. Yeah. And, so-
1: it, and I almost look at that where I almost like, I almost like to say, because this is my, my personal belief, it's, they don't like to be sold, but they like to be reassured that it's the right decision to be, be made. They want to buy, but they also want that assurance from you, like this is a good buy and this is why. of those giving those that idea. You know, yep. why haven't I bought a PlayStation 5 yet? because no one told me it's a great idea. My girlfriend sure does. My fiance sure doesn't tell me it's a great idea. So therefore she did, (laughs) and we could find one. But it's like, you gotta, when you get that reassurance and by getting that information, you can reassure them that, hey, this is a good thing. You know, we are going to, um, you know, buying these tickets do work for you because this is why, of what the information you told me.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, and to go back on the training piece here that you had mentioned, the, yeah. the EMR model, educate, model, reinforce. Um, so when I was the inside sales manager for the Rapids, um, there was a quote that really stood out to me. I want to share it with you. Absolutely. It's about training. Yeah. And, and it's specifically for, you know, at that, you know, Gen Y, Gen Z type um, for when it comes to training. It, I'm going to look at my computer here, but it yeah. essentially said. <laughs> Tell me and I'll forget, show me and I may remember, involve me and I'll understand. Yeah, and and, that's and awesome. that, that stands out to me is like no matter what you do, if you're trying to teach them your skills, like okay, how do I how do I hit the the vision? How do I show them? And then how do I involve them?
1: Yeah, that's that's huge, and getting the, getting there by and everything. That's that's a great quote. That's a Thank very you.
0: that's I wish I could say I came up
1: with it. <laughs> hey man, you can use it. That's, that's <laughs> even better. You get that, and it's like I love the that involvement piece. And you're absolutely right. And that's why, like, one of the the main reasons why I want to start the podcast was I felt like a lot of people were, were starting in, but the younger generation, myself, is you might need a little bit more information of why do you do the things that you do? Why do yep. you ask these questions? What's maybe the reasoning behind it, or, or what has worked in the past? Not just tell me what to do. Or show me what to do, but how, why am I kind of doing this too? And I'm involved in it and I can, you know, remember it and everything like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's great. So you're just, you're just killing it now. Unfortunately, the season isn't working, but you're back in November. So you're already planning and, and you're, you're killing it. And you've been in sales for, for a long time.
0: Quite some time. With quite some time. I, I still think back to that initial, like, we had a trainer come in when I started inside sales. I never thought I'd be here I'm 10, yeah. 12 years later. I, I tell you what, man, it's, it's been fun. But, like, you had touched on something, too. Like, our season, you know, yes, it was canceled. But was coming back in November 2021, by the time we get back in November, we'll, our team here in Denver will essentially have been, like, out of market because we haven't played since March of last year through November of this year. And so we're taking this approach of like, hey, like we're taking like an expansion team approach of like, hey, yeah. if we were going to be coming back into the market, let's have an expansion franchise mindset to reintroduce yeah. ourselves to Denver and the state of Colorado. Yep. Yeah.
1: And, and, and you can look at that glass half full and look at And I think that's huge. If we're entering back into the market, what can we do to create this huge buzz and capitalize on the buzz that we're going to get in November when we're finally back? That's what yeah, we're man. That's what we're seeing now. I mean, last season got got canceled. Schedule got released today. I got a few emails from, from some from some partners that I've been emailing them. They or calling them. They haven't gotten back to me. They see that schedule. They email like, "Let's talk." I go, I mean, "I've not tried to talk to you since December, J- November." But let's talk now. Let, let's keep it going. People are gonna be excited. We're rolling. But now Heck that yeah. In, yeah, But now that you're in the mindset of, of way back when that first trainer came in, I always like to ask. What was one of the parts of the sales process when you started out that you struggled in that, that was tough for you to overcome? And then how did you overcome it?
0: Yeah, so we should probably call up my old inside sales manager, Mike Mateen, <laughs> here. Um, I wish I could phone a friend and get him on here and <laughs> see if he could dig back into his archives and his memory bank here. but um, uh, Go ahead, sorry. No, 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 I was just kind of burping. <laughs> oh, that's that. <laughs> um, I don't know if it was part of a, of a sales process per se. Um, it, it, don't get me wrong. There yeah. probably definitely was. I would not a oh, perfect yeah. salesperson. I just don't remember. But one thing that stood out to me um, in, in particular was my mind, like shifting my mindset. Um, so here I was, like this kid. Well, I wasn't a kid, I was 25 years old. I was a late bloomer to inside sales, by the way. I yep. started late. Um, I was making $8.50 an hour. I barely had $1,000 to my name, and I was asking people to invest like five, ten thousand dollars into a season ticket package. Like to me, that was a heck of a lot of money. I was, I, again, I was making $8.50 an hour plus commission. I, I was hustling just to get that commission, and here I am asking for, you know, you know, thousands of dollars for an investment. My, and once my inside sales manager, Mike Mateen, sat me down and he was like, hey, what seems like a lot of money to you is not a lot of money to other people. Yeah. Most of the people that you're talking with have a very different budget than you do. And once like I let that hit me and, and like once I started slowly turning to that mindset and once I got there, things totally changed. My approach to conversation were totally different. Mm-hmm. and to this day that has stood out to me and has stuck with me and it's like if, if someone wants it and can afford it it's my job to guide them along their buying process to help them get what they want mm-hmm. and and so like i know you mentioned the sales process part but to me it was more about the mindset and, and shifting that mindset of like hey i can't afford this so why can why would anybody else do it versus hey yeah i might not be able to afford this but like people i'm talking to they're, they're buying tickets online to come out to a game. They're in a much different, uh, you know, financial situation than I am. So I'm going to sell these damn season tickets.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, I think that is a part of the sales process. That's something that I struggled with a lot. Of, and I would always kind of say, I used to think with with my wallet of, ooh, I, you know, ooh, I, I couldn't buy that. And I think yeah. it was one of the things of, like, when I started out when it was office supplies or I was selling uniforms, I'd be talking with these five-year, you know, these five-year contracts and they'd be paying. And I'm like, I wouldn't buy those. I couldn't afford it. And it's like, no, no, but I'm not buying them. Yeah. It's different. It's, it's They have the money or they have different value of money. They might make a lot more money than I do or they might make less, but they can budget it. They know what they have. I can't tell them that you can't afford this yep. because I can't afford it. Let them tell me no. Let's not tell them no, you know,
0: for them. Exactly. Let's not make the decision. Absolutely, yeah. I-
1: we're not decision makers, yeah. we're salespeople. people. Yeah. <laughs> Let them be the decision makers, that's right? their job. Our job is to try to sell them and provide information and everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, guide them along their buying process and, and, and help them get to where they wanna go.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Now we're running out of time, unfortunately. I think Instagram kicks off within the hour. Um, so kind of the last question I always like to ask is, you've been in the sales game for 12, 13 years. You must have a funny, awkward, weird sales story that caught you off guard, that we all can kind of laugh with you, not at you, with you about it.
0: I, I wish I had a great story, but I, I, I will tell you this. Um, and I, I have a story, and I, to this day, I still laugh about it. So It might not be <laughs> funny to other people, but it's funny to me. Um, again, it's an inside, It's from my inside time in the inside sales and yeah. I was kind of, um, I was, uh, I would, I would a little baldly sometimes. Um, yeah. and, and I was kind of a smart ass to be honest with you. <laughs> um, and, and so I remember I got this, I got this woman on the phone and we, we were talking, uh, well actually we weren't talking. Um, she was yelling at me and, um, she was like, how'd you get my phone number? how how do you know I bought these tickets, et cetera. I'm like, well, you went online. Well, how do you know I went online and bought them? And and X, Y, Z, and just like yelling at me. And, and she was like, I need to talk to a, your manager. And I was like, okay. And she was like, well, what's his name? And I was like, his name is Mike Mateen. And is, is he available right now? And I was like, no, he's not available right now, but I'd be happy to tell him to call you, you know? I, I'm sorry. <laughs> and um, she was like, well, how do you spell his name? And I was like, well, it's uh, M as in Mike. I, as in Ike, and she's like, I know how to spell his name! I know how to spell Mike! And I'm like, okay, well, you asked me how to spell his name, so I thought I'd spell it out for you. And she just hung up on me right then and there, and, and uh, everyone in the room like looked at me like, what was that about? <laughs> it's like,
1: hey, she asked me to spell his name, that's what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah? Know? Now, did, did she call back, or was she just... She enter some like do not call list.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I was just, I just like wrote a don't call this person.
1: (laughs) Don't call this person. Stay away. She doesn't, she doesn't know what the internet is. Uh, yeah. She'll be mad.
0: I, I hope, I hope since then she's living a happy life and and all that good stuff. And, um, I hope hope she's come out to a couple more games and and whatnot. But, um, that's just a funny story that always stands out to me. And, um, so yeah. So, anyways,
1: (laughs) we're starting out. Someone's yelling at you, you're not really sure, you know, you're probably getting annoyed with her, and then she asks you a question, and you say, kind of a smart ass. I can take this without coming off as a huge dick. <laughs> yeah, you say, am as <laughs> <Yep>. a <laughs> click! Yeah. <laughs> hey man, we all got him in. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing it. But most importantly, Eli, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I had a blast. I don't want this to to cut off real quick, and I wish we could go longer, but we can't. Anything else you want to kind of share with anyone or anyone any of the listeners?
0: Um, I just want to share like hey if you're if you're in sports or you're looking to get in sports, um, you know just always focus on the things that you can control and, and how you are going to move forward and and for me, my mantra was, hey, I'm never going to get outworked I'm going to outwork the person next to me um, and you know if I was on the bottom of the board. I I would you bet your bottom dollar. I was gonna do everything I could to get in front of you uh no matter what. And um yep. I think it's just the mentality that I have and, and then another thing I would just leave here, um apparently I'm a fan of abbreviations, but ABL. Yeah. Um ABL always be learning. Always be learning and no matter what it is, if it's a book, podcast, um a, you know, an informational interview do what you can to learn uh, about the industry. If you're in the industry, connect with others, learn yeah. about what's going on in their world. And, 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 and last but not least have fun uh, This yeah. is to me is fun. To, like I I miss game days, and I can't wait, but yeah, I, I tell you what, man, there's a lot of fun behind and not on game days behind, behind the scenes. And there's a lot of fun um, when we're in front of everyone. And, and, and then I'll tell you what, man, I had a hell of a lot of fun connecting with you today, <laughs> being on here and, uh, yeah, you know, for the podcast listeners later, Justin has had a big smile on his face the entire time. So oh, nice. it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun just, just hanging out and talking with you.
1: Absolutely, man. It's been great. and it, I think that's huge. Always be learning. Always try to have as much fun as you can because one day it's going to co- come to an end. So just have as much fun as you can and don't do things you don't want to do. Well, you still got to make those bad cold calls. You still got to at. that. But,
0: of course, right?
1: But laugh about it and then tell them how to spell, spell Mike and then just kind of <laughs> go from there. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, Eli, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you. I'll put you, I'll tag you in the, um, in the comments. Is it all right if people will reach out to you if they have any questions? or? For sure. Okay, good. Absolutely. He said yes, um, but he's shaking his head no, just in case people can't yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: reach out to me. Um, yes. Best way to connect with me would be on LinkedIn, and okay. we can connect that way too.
1: Absolutely. Well, hey, man, thank you so much for joining me, and we'll, I'll talk to you soon.
0: You got it, man. Take care.
1: All right. There it is. It's over. It's done. Eli, thank you so much for joining me. I had a phenomenal time talking to you. It was great to have you on SSC Live, and hopefully we can do it again sometime in the future. And as a listener, even myself, you know, listening, I got a wealth of knowledge. I learned about some stuff. I thought your journey was phenomenal. And I'll tell you, when you get two sales guys... On it, we just talk, 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 talk the whole time. So it was a phenomenal to have you on. Thank you so much. If you haven't subscribed, if you haven't liked, if you haven't left a review yet, please do. I would absolutely love you forever if you could do that. Let's be friends on social media at Sports Sales Coffee on Instagram, Facebook, and on TikTok at SSC underscore podcast on Twitter, Sports Sales and Coffee on LinkedIn. Slide in my DMs. Let me know your thoughts, your feelings. If you have any ideas for an episode, or just want to chop it up, or even send me an email, Sports salescoffee at gmail.com it's all in the bio i want you to have a phenomenal week hit the ground running get after it and you know what we back baby so if you can sell something go sell something go make a great sale go sell something peace